How's it going, everybody, Geekdom community, and all of the guppies from around the world? The guppies, in. yeah, Geekdom Underground podcast listeners, we call you, we call you guppies. So, well, welcome to another episode, episode twenty-three of the Geekdom Underground podcast. It's me, as always, your boy JRG, hanging out with my friend. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Good morning. My name is Philip Hernandez. I'm COO here at Geekdom. I'm super excited for this episode of. Geekdom Underground. So today we have with us Mary Ullman Jaffet, the owner and founder of Jaffet Media, a public relations and media production firm. You got it. Oh, God, I know. Yes. Okay, awesome. Wow, awesome. that was a mouthful. We tried that one. Um, but anyway, Mary, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, of course. My pleasure. And happy to be a guppy. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, I love it. See, see, it's one thing if we call our listeners guppies. But we know that it's really sticking when the guppies identify <laughs> as the guppies. We need t-shirts, we, stickers. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. I mean, you got your t-shirt on right there. We definitely yeah. need. But we we need yeah. we need our our fans. Like, our fans are asking. Little fish or something. Yeah, I, I love this. God, this is awesome. We can get uh, the wall painted as like a underwater theme. Or we should get an aquarium in here. Maybe. I'll make some calls. <laughs> One little cup piece. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, if you'll check your water. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, well, we like to have a lot of fun here and keep it chill and casual. So, Mary, if you would, tell us a little bit about where you're from and how okay. you got here. Well, um, how I got here. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I actually grew up in a very tiny town called Rungi, Texas. It's between... San Antonio and Corpus Christi, little uh, ranching farming community. I was one of 26 kids in my high school graduating class, so that wow. gives you some wow. perspective, right? Dang. So, But um, Trinity University brought me to San Antonio. I was a, a graduated from Trinity University with a broadcast journalism degree. I was an anchor and reporter here for Ken's TV for eons. Um, almost 10 years, and then I was in Los Angeles in the TV biz for a few years and came back to San Antonio, uh, which has always been home for me, really yeah. and truly, and I love this city. So it was an easy easy decision to come back, and I actually ran advertising special events for an event that the U.S. Olympic Committee used to put on called the U.S. Olympic Festival. It was for American athletes in the year preceding the Olympic Games, and it was in San Antonio. And so I came back thinking it was an 18-month gig. You know, I was used to being in the TV business and doing the gig thing even back before it was cool. And um, then, you know, long story short, I bumped into a guy I had known at Trinity, and here we are 27 years <laughs> married later with hey, two kids wow. and so I never left I never went back to Los Angeles even though I thought I might but um and so I worked for an ad agency had my own uh, media production company for a while and then I went to work for the organization that I was actually a board member of and that was San Antonio Sports so once um I you know the sports bug bit me during the Olympic Festival, I really stuck with it. And then I was Senior Vice President Communications for San Antonio Sports for 18 years and wow. left in June of 2019. And I know 18 years, right, in one spot. I uh, mean, that's it, awesome, it, it, especially it, in sports. It's sports it's and changing. media, the two worlds yeah. where nobody sticks around for very long, <laughs> yeah. right? But I did. Um, very loyal. 
<laughs> but uh, so I started Jaffet Media in June of 2019. And that's when, um, so I started and have public relations and, and media production co- uh, clients. But I also had the incredible opportunity that I never could have foreseen. And that was when Luis Martinez at Trinity University Shout out. invited me yeah, um, to be the entrepreneur in residence for the 2019-20 school year. And so that just dovetailed beautifully with launching a, a new business and you know, going back to my favorite campus in the whole wide world and working with incredibly bright students and wonderfully supportive staff. So that was really kind of what... You know, I, I was an entrepreneur, yeah. but that brought me to geekdom. It brought me into this entrepreneurial space and the startup space, and it's been an absolute dream ever since. Wow. So, so go, that's a long story. Go Tigers, right? Yeah. Trinity Tigers? Tiger Pride. Yeah. yeah it is. Oh, awesome. Is there like a hand signal? No, well, actually, no. No? <laughs> <laughs> we never have really figured that out. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there should be something. But yeah. There have been suggested hand signals, but yeah. no. <laughs> were you a uh, Were you an athlete? Uh, in high school, I was a good mediocre track runner. I ran very quickly in a straight line. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was about for short distances. But so I was a sprinter, and I loved yeah. it. And I that's when I caught the track and field bug. And I'm a track junkie. I love yeah. the sport of track and field. I'm the crazy lady who'll drive by you know, Blossom Athletic Center and see there's a track meet. And I don't know a kid who's running, but I'll stop and go watch <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. I actually, a dream of a lifetime, total bucket list item. This last summer, I was able to go to the Olympic trials in Eugene, Oregon. And it was terrific. I mean, absolutely. I mean, it, you know, other people have other experiences that are on their bucket list, but that really was one of mine. And it was so much fun. And my very dear friend, Rose Monday is the USA track and field head coach for the Olympic team. And so that she was there and I was able to be there with her was really terrific. That's awesome. That is cool. Had you, have you ever been to like the proper Olympics? No. Was that, is that like the closest you've gotten to? That's the closest I've gotten. I mean, I've, I've helped San Antonio sports run, Olympic events or yeah. Olympic national governing body events, USA swimming, USA diving, those yeah. sorts of things um, here in San Antonio. But that was the first trials I've ever been to. And I am going to the Olympic Games and I've got my eyes set on Paris if we're all allowed to travel and the games. Yeah. Will, I was really hoping to go to Tokyo, especially because Rose was going to be the, the track and field coach. And, you know, I was like, I'll go carry your bags. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow get yeah. me on the staff. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so I'm hoping to go to Paris for yeah. the next games, but I will definitely be going to an Olympic games soon. I hope. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah that's great. Are you, uh, so how was it going from like having a graduating class of 26 and like <laughs> small town? How did, how was it that you realized that like my passion is in journalism or I want to go into like yeah. media. It's something that I can I can be pretty specific about it. Um, I grew up with a mom who's from Connecticut who was an English major and an English teacher. So the written word was always something in our house and important. And I was that weird kid who came home from school and didn't watch cartoons. I turned on the news. And oh. so public affairs, current events yeah. have always been something that was important to me. 
But in high school, albeit a teensy tiny little school, but we had excellent teachers, excellent role models, and opportunities to compete in what was then called, and I still may be, UIL um, literary events. So Mm -hmm. I did public speaking, and I had a knack for it. And I had an incredibly supportive coach who, this will be no surprise to anybody who knows small towns and small schools, happened to be our superintendent. So, <laughs> nice. so our superintendent was my speech coach, and I just got the bug big time. And then I went to Trinity during high school uh, for a, a debate competition, and uh, you know that was all she wrote. I was like, "This is where I want to come. I want to go here. I'm going to major in broadcast journalism. I'm going to work at Channel Five. I'm going to do da, 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 you know all these things." And I'm a pretty focused person. Wow. So you had <laughs> you had that path in mind when you came to San Antonio. I am the weird kid who really, at, from the age of 16, very clearly knew yeah. where I was going to school, what I wanted to major in, and what at least my first few jobs would be. And yeah. then, you know, I hit 30 and was like, okay, now who am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what would you report on when you, like, when you, when this became, like, your job? Yeah, and I started as a weekend reporter when I was a junior in college. So oh, okay. and I don't think you can do that these days. I mean, yeah. probably there's labor laws against it because <laughs> I was free. I mean, yeah. those were free internships, and you yeah. just busted your hump and you know, got put into some pretty crazy situations. But I was a general assignments reporter, so everything from traffic accidents and you know cuttings around town, which is not, not the most delightful part, yeah. to city hall to, you know, dog shows. I mean, it's just it, the the breadth and the the business itself was very different back then. Mm-hmm. But the, the tenants are the same. You still want to be a, a great writer. You have to be able to, you know, think quickly on your feet, whether that's yeah. being, you know, interviewing somebody at a tragic scene or live at a fiesta event and having a bucket of beer poured on your head, which has happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what how do you got to do? How do you stay on in those kind of moments when like, like, cause that's two totally extremes. One that's yeah. like probably a very somber, like I can't believe very it. serious. Yeah. yeah. This is happening. And then the other that's like, yeah, beer, <laughs> just like a crazy <laughs> experience. How do you stay like, how do you, yeah, how do you keep, like, Mary Jaffet? There is, there's a, you know, I think good reporters just kind of can get in a zone. They really, you're, when you're talking to a camera, you're talking to a person, not a thousand people or 10,000 people or however many are out there. You just, you're having a conversation. It's so when something like, you know, a pitcher of beer gets poured on your head, you're, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't, yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to turn around and slug the guy. I yeah. mean, it was a little bit lit, I, yeah. you know, so it wasn't, that wouldn't help anything. So all I could do is just laugh and go uh, back to you, Chris, you know, yeah. <laughs> and they were laughing in the studio too. I mean, there's just nothing you could do about it, yeah. but, but that's entertainment just, also. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But uh, it's a matter of composure. And honestly, it's a matter of practice. It's like anything yeah. you do it over and over and over again. And those first few times, you know, you're, you're, the butterflies in your stomach are really strong, but you get used to it. I, I never would say, I mean, I, there's always a kinetic energy yeah. around any, whether, yeah, I mean, you guys are, you 
do it really well. I've seen both of you do it. You stand up on stage and talk to people. You still get a little, you know, a little charge before you get on. And that just tells you you're alive and you're yeah. like, you're away. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. But um, you got to keep your composure and just, you know, take a deep breath and stay centered, stay focused on what you're trying to communicate yeah. and just keep that in mind. That's such good advice. Yeah. You know, with people in our community always trying to like get a point across, like, you know, getting up on stage. I've seen people in tears, oh, yeah. like at a startup weekend. Like, yeah. And then doing it and then just feeling like I did it. You know, same thing with me. Like you said, yeah. I'm, I'm up here like on stage or whatever it is. I still get a little nervous. Still yeah. get. Yeah, absolutely. We still got to psych ourselves up. Yeah, this kind but of that's thing. healthy. I mean, that, yeah. that's smart. That if, if you didn't feel that, that means you are not prepared or you just don't care. And, you know, and that will come across very quickly, very easily. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, uh, uh, so like, this might be a difficult question, so I'm sorry, but, uh, <laughs> like I, I think about like growing up and, you know, that resonated with me when you said I would go home and watch the news and like, I, I would go home, maybe not watch it, but the news was on. And that was like a thing that like, that was my indicator that the day is coming to a close and now we're going to hear about all the things that just happened. And, um, you know, but versus like today now, like, I feel like it's just so much different. Like now we get our news as things are happening, you know, like, right. You can almost see people's phones go off and know that like something big just happened or something. Sure. Sure. And so, um, how do you feel about like, the change how is it for people in media and people in people delivering news now versus back then when like you really could kind of plan for how you're gonna deliver well and i think that that's something that you know i work with my clients present company included that you have to help people understand is how the media works how they do their jobs. It is very different than when I was a reporter because we had broadcasts in the morning, noon, five, six, and 10. Now there are like four hours in the morning. There's an 11, 11.30, a 12, and then there's a 4, 4.30, 5, 5.30, 6, 6 9 o'clock, and 10 o'clock. I mean, there's so much more time to fill and every reporter out there has requirements on social media as well. It's They're not posting just because they like to post. They're required to post, you know, so many times a day. So it's, um, it's a very different world, but, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we... Mm-hmm. we every one of us has a, has a phone in our hands. It's a computer that, uh, you know, back in my days at Trinity, we had these, you know my computer was as big as this room, you know, and there was a card. I'm really giving away my age now. But <laughs> Back in 2015. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. But um, I, you know, you just have to adapt. You, yeah. it, The technology is going to march on. Yeah. You just better roll with it. And it, people haven't changed. Yeah. Dramatically. It's just, you know, the demands on reporters have cha- have changed. The the time that they have to really delve into a story and develop something, that is almost non-existent. It's, it's one or two reporters at a television station or a few reporters, in, uh, you know, in, in a digital or print format that have that luxury of time. 
Yeah. And, but it's pretty darn rare. And they've got a, they've just got a crank and work so hard. I, I really feel for them. They're, yeah. And it's my job to help them do their jobs well. Yeah. And, you know, like uh, on that point with like everybody having a phone in their hands, it's almost like anybody can be a reporter now. Oh, yeah. Um, but I don't know if that's making things better or worse. Yeah. Everybody can put out content. Not everybody is a good writer. Not everyone has the discernment to understand what makes a good story. And not everybody's telling the truth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the the facts, not, I mean, there's, there is totally room for opinion uh -huh. in the newscape. Of course there is. There always has been. But you have to be a really smart individual on the receiving end of it. You know, where, what's the resource? What's the source of this information? What's their agenda? Yeah, those sorts of things. There's just so much out there that yeah. you've, you've got to be an intelligent, um, discerning person. When you, when you hear something, where did it come from? You got to really think through that. And a lot of that has to, you know, it, we still need great reporters. We still need, um, you know, people are going to make themselves available or not. Mm -hmm. People are going to you know, want their stories out or not. And, you know, you just got to, as a reporter, you're, at, the, at the end of the day, I still believe that 99.9% .9 of the reporters, certainly my friends in, in the press, they want to get at the truth. They just want to get at the truth. And so... Yeah. And they will. The good ones always will. Yeah. You know, it seems like that's really interesting because it seems like today the climate in like the just like the news industry right now, like from a consumer's perspective, like it feels like people are very like maybe they don't, they don't trust the news sources mm -hmm. or there's just a lot more conversation around that now from a consumer end. Has it always been like that, or mm -hmm. is this like a new thing? No, I really don't think it has been. I mean, yeah. think back to like really old times. Walter Cronkite I was, was just thinking the of most that. trusted man in America. Yeah, you know, you Dan Rather was. Mm -hmm. I mean, what he said was gospel at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and no, I that has changed dramatically. Absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's really interesting because. Like now, um, it's almost like in conversations where, like, it, I feel like it used to be, hey, did you hear about this? And then people would have a conversation about that. Like, I did hear about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then talk about whatever Cronkite had reported on. <laughs> right. But, but now it's like, did you hear about this? Well, where did you hear that from? Or something. And it's just a totally different Yeah. Well, conversation. I, I applaud people who say, where did you hear that? Yeah. Because... You really should be asking where you got that. If you yeah. heard it from the 22-year-old down the road, not knocking 22-year-olds, I have one. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, what's his expertise or her expertise? Mm -hmm. Where did they get their information? You have to dig a little harder, a little deeper, it seems to me these days, than, you know, way back when. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about, earlier we, we talked about Jaffet Media. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was very careful about the words I used, right? <laughs> the public relations and media production. Mm -hmm. um, but, and we've talked to marketers here. Can you help 
me understand. What's the difference between public relations and marketing? And why would I, if I have strong marketing, why would I need public relations? Yeah, it's a very good question. And yeah, it all kind of gets lumped together, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Under the communications umbrella. Uh, it is very different. I don't do advertising. I mean, I know great people who do marketing and advertising and can always provide that resource to a client and make that connection for them. But um, marketing, in my mind, is, you know, let's analyze our SEO. Let Where are we getting our leads? That sort of thing. Now, public relations does need to be tied to deliverables. You, it, It's just a little more it's a little less easy to define. So public relations is often called earned media. You have earned the opportunity to get the coverage. So it's not, you're not paying for it. It's, it's a story that um, just the sheer interest of it. When we had our, our geekdom cybersecurity accelerator press conference, that's a big deal in the tech space in San Antonio. So that was newsworthy and we got great coverage mm-hmm. about it because people are interested in it. And and I'm ever so grateful to the folks who came to cover it. That thank you very, very much. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps it helps us get the word out, but we didn't pay for that. We didn't we didn't go to the Express News or you know Channel Four or whatever and and pay advertising dollars to get that kind of coverage. Now marketing and advertising they will go and we'll you know put a partnership together we'll buy 30 second ad we'll buy you know a half page ad they go hand in hand and can also you know and usually one can support the other but they're very different things so i as a public relations specialist i'm not talking necessarily to anybody on the the advertising side of things i'm really talking on the editorial side of things so i've got to make as if i'm pitching a story it needs to be newsworthy it needs to be relevant and it needs to be relevant now why are we talking about this now okay you did something great 10 years ago good on you but if we want to tell that story how do we make it relevant today mm-hmm. um, so it's very different you know so i always kind of use terms that people understand so they understand advertising you buy space you buy time that's more marketing. Um, this day and age with social media, that can be marketing. So you're, you know, are your social media posts driving leads back through your website and, and that yeah. sort of thing. So those, those are more numeric, yeah. <laughs> I suppose, uh-huh. right? And, and, and tangible in that way. Public relations, earned media is, uh, is a, a bit more esoteric, but it it is just as valuable and can amplify what you're doing on the paid side. And frankly, earned media is going to be more credible. If someone else is telling your story, you know, if someone else says, hey, that you know, John is awesome at what he does, that's way more credible than hearing John say, I'm awesome. Yeah, look at me. I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, um, you can use earned media as marketing materials. Oh, of course. Now, that's the beauty of, yeah. of, of, of having, you know, we talk about earned media and owned media. Owned media is your website, your social media channels. Mm-hmm. You own that. You, yep. you, 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 know, you don't have to wait 
to break news with, on the five o'clock news with channel 12. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to do that. You can break it yourself on your own channels. Now yeah. that it gets amplified amongst, you know, other media outlets is very, very valuable. Again, a third party telling your story, but you don't have to wait. If you, if it's the right thing to do to announce something's coming up at, at Geekdom, do it on your own channels. And you yeah. guys do a great job of promoting. I mean, you have so many events and programs going on all the time. I mean, if you waited for some media outlet to talk about it, the date will have come and gone. So you've got your, you guys do a great job of putting that out. But that's very different than getting a media outlet to tell your story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what has there ever been a time when like you were reporting on something and like you like there was overlap like if you had like I can't believe that I'm reporting on this and also I'm a huge Spurs fan and I'm talking to Popovich or something like that has there ever have been Have I ever been starstruck? Yeah, have you ever been <laughs> starstruck? Oh sure, especially when I was in LA and I was doing a lot of entertainment news, which oh, yeah. I always felt a little guilty about because it didn't really feel like news. I mean, they yeah. called it news, but you know, it, and that was that was a finer line because you know the, the movie had something to promote. You know, wanted promotion. I wanted the interview, or my my boss wanted the interview yeah. with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So yeah, I'd go on set on the movie set, interview uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger and be very professional and get, get the story, bring it back and then go home and call mom. Go, you never <laughs> so that's when you would like geek out. You yeah, wouldn't do yeah. it like um, there. I've and- met a lot of uh, everybody in the media. You, you meet presidents, you meet celebrities, you yeah. meet you know, people. Um, but yeah, every now and then there's, you know, for me, it's Olympic athletes, you know, I, yeah. I just, I, I, understand what it takes to reach that level and i'm just uh, just amazed does that level of like human uh, like yeah, dedication performance, performance yeah the, this you know it's it's amazing so i think that's kind of what goes into it is like i recognize the dedication and effort it takes to reach that pinnacle and so they're kind of worthy yeah of of the respect you know and so yeah i'll I'll geek out every now and then it's really (laughs) fun but it is um i i think that's always been something that i loved about working in the media is just access to people that you know most most people don't that and really great parking i could park wherever that hell (laughs) oh that's cool (laughs) that's awesome so i don't get to do that anymore but um but the you know meeting really interesting people. I think at the crux of it, the work I do today and the work I did then, the 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 through line is storytelling. And I people kind of overuse that word these days, but it's that's it. I mean, interesting people doing interesting things that move the needle, change the world, whatever term you want to use, but that's what's that's what's fun. I mean, yeah. You guys are doing really interesting stuff here. I've got great clients doing really cool things. So it, it every day is like, how can I tell that story? Yeah. You know, what who's gonna be interested in that story? Look for the angle and and then deliver it in a way, pitch it in a way to 
so that it truly is newsworthy and I'm yeah. not just, you know, blowing smoke because I would lose my credibility really yeah. quickly. Yeah. If I did that. that. That's really cool because I've seen you do that. Where like, you know, I like I know that cool stuff is happening like within these four walls and I can tell that story, but I don't know that I can tell that story that where it makes sense to people who aren't here, you know, like I'll tell my parents like, Oh, let me tell you what's going on over at geekdom. And like, I can see them zone out like five <laughs> seconds into what I'm talking about. But then, yeah. you know, when you're working with us and the story goes on like KSAT or Ken's or whatever news outlet it goes on, it just, I don't know. It just makes sense. And I think that's the magic that like a, what PR does is it, it helps you kind of tell that story yeah, and make it newsworthy, make it, make it newsworthy and make it, um, make it simple for these reporters who are dealing with so much all day, every day. And it's, uh, I'm one person pitching a story to them. They're probably getting 50 of them that week. And, you know, so how do you stand out and how do you make their not do their jobs for them. They're perfectly capable of doing their own jobs, but make it easy for them. You yeah. know, don't make it difficult for them. Yeah. For crying out loud. For sure. And some people just make it hard on them. And, mm-hmm. you know, unless, you know, you're the president of the United States, you probably don't have the power to make it hard on a reporter and still get positive coverage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Let's talk politics. I'm just <laughs> like, oh my God. Uh, but, uh, Let's not you say know, we did. You know, you said that you're an entrepreneur in residence uh, at Trinity mm-hmm. from in the 19 to 20 school year. <laughs> yeah. And that 20 part of that year <laughs> w- was probably pretty interesting. Yeah. You know, from uh outsider looking in, what I saw change in the industry was we saw like luckily reporters and and you know anchors have the technology today to bring everything home. And so we saw anchors like reporting from their home with like their dog walking in the background or their kiddo or something, but, but they were making it work through like just Mm -hmm. these changes. What kind of changes did you experience during the pandemic time? Same as everyone. I mean, the ingenuity that got put on fast forward, if the pandemic did anything good, it was probably accelerate the speed at which we all had to adapt and adopt, right? Yeah. New technologies. So, yeah, we, uh, so I had, I taught two classes each semester, entrepreneurship one and entrepreneurship two. And the second semester, yeah, everybody, I mean, we're working on our projects, everybody's getting organized and, you know, doing great. And then spring break happens and that's when everybody, you know, called it. Yeah, no one came back. And no one came back. And <laughs> all of a sudden, Trinity's IT department, and I can't imagine what it was like for a huge school like UT, but at Trinity, it was probably two or three people responsible for telling everybody, here's Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we're all gosh. like, you want me to, what? Zoom? Yeah. What's a Zoom? You know, so we were all, I mean, the kids were figuring, the students were figuring it out. We were all figuring it out. And I was an adjunct professor. I just taught two classes. I really felt for the folks who were full-time professors who yeah. were teaching five classes. Yeah, and for sure. Tra- and and it, was, it was impressive how quickly everybody adapted. And um, I'm terribly biased. I think Trinity's got really bright kids I, yeah. I mean that statistically proven we've got bright kids but um they really rallied and worked as as a community to get the professors on board 
and the students supported. I mean, a lot of the students, I mean, they they had to come back weeks later to get their stuff out of their dorm rooms. I mean, they yeah. literally could not get back. So, um, and it was interesting over time to watch the, you know, right at the, at when it first, we were all first on Zoom, we're all a figuring out the technology. Then a few couple weeks in, we kind of have the technology figured out and everybody's still trying to participate fully. And, yeah. and as the semester wore on, you know, people weren't on screen. I actually, this is the greatest. Uh, and you just kind of have to forgive everybody everything. You know, yeah. the, the, mm-hmm. anybody who made it difficult on students at that time, I have, have no respect for because they were doing the best they possibly could. And a whole bunch of these kids were back home as oldest siblings with, you know, little siblings yep. wanting, who are now home from school. Everybody's home. Yep. And one, one of the, uh, during one of the classes, there was this, uh, Mom, I heard off camera, you know, yell at her kid, where are the keys? Yeah. Where are the keys to the car? And this poor kid's like, oh, my God. And the mom actually sticks her head in front of the laptop computer and says, I'm sorry, professor, but I got to find the keys. <laughs> Let's all stop what we're doing. Yeah. We, we all just died laughing. It was just great. We just you know, ro- rolled with it. But yeah. everybody adapted as best they could. It was yeah. nuts, though. Yeah, because I, I think about it and like you're right, like it did accelerate change and progress um, in the in the tech field anyway. Um, but has there I, I can the only other time I can think of that's like kind of comparative to this and I don't this is outside of looking in is like when like camera phones or smartphones kind of really came about. And, you know, in the news, we started to see more user generated content. Mm-hmm. Were there any other times like that where there was like a tech shift that changed the industry like that? Oh, I'm sure. Like the the move from film to video. Fortunately, I was on the video side of things and didn't have to cut film or anything. But yeah. that was enormous. You know, the big canisters of film that people used to have to, you know, carry around. Well, then they got to videotape, and that changed. That was a huge game changer but the video cameras were enormous they were huge and we you know everybody had these 50 pound ikigami decks and the and the and the cameras were like 30 everybody's carrying around damn near 100 pounds you know trying to just get this get a story on the air so once everything really shrunk the technology shrunk that was huge i mean you'll see people you guys have seen it when people have gone uh, reporters that go live from a scene, they do it from a backpack now. Yeah, mm-hmm. no more satellite trucks and you know. I, was I say, there's no like vans anymore, no, right? Like no, news no, vans. the huge. Well, there are. They just don't. You know, very few are like the rolling billboards of, yeah. of mm-hmm. old. But you know, we used to have to roll up in these huge rolling billboards and with the big old satellite truck. Yeah, yeah satellite dish on the top, and you have to hit the the tower just right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Interesting. No, it's just like they can be in a room like this with a backpack on. It's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, or I remember, like, we I forgot what we were doing, but it was it was in the heart of the pandemic, and we were getting coverage, and I remember you saying, like, can y'all shoot some video and send it over to them for yeah. B-roll, when, like, traditionally they would want to come and, right. and do that. And that but. has happened uh, a bit more, I feel, for the newsrooms, particularly TV newsrooms that are, 
they've been understaffed and or overworked and you know not because it's just it's just been hard you know everything's been difficult so yeah in back in the old days we never would have ever accepted somebody's footage you know but now they will and a large part of it and they won't take it from just anybody for the sure. most yeah, part yeah, yeah, but for sure but if like i i'll get it produced properly it will be shot properly it may not be the quality that they'll have you know that their own videographers would do but it's pretty good and it's better than nothing and yeah. um and and the cameras themselves on our phones are so good yeah. yeah that it's it's acceptable it's not ideal but it's acceptable and you know again if you know what you're doing and and it and it makes sense it's the this is not the way they're doing all the news you know but if it can be supplemental and it means the difference between getting coverage and not getting coverage you can bet i will make sure that we s- submit something to yeah you. yeah for sure um, it's, it's so funny. Cause like I've seen you work and it's, and I've heard your stories of like, oh yeah, I remember one time and they're <laughs> all over the map from like, you know, covering undercover police cases <laughs> to beer on your head to like the final four and like all these to LA and Schwarzenegger. It's just all over the place. And that sounds awesome because everything's constantly changing. Um, how, how is that working in that kind of environment? Did you ever seek consistency or were you, uh-uh. did you thrive on that? No, and I still, I'm an adrenaline junkie. You still like I, I love, uh, boredom is the kiss of death for me yeah. and I get bored pretty easily. <laughs> so um, I, and at least I know that about myself. So I don't set myself up for failure. I mean, I yeah. know that I, I love deadlines. It's how I work. It's how I live my life. Tell me, you know, thank goodness Christmas is on December 25th. I know when it's coming. Yeah. I'll be ready on December 24th. <laughs> you know? But um, I live by deadlines and I like variety and I'm, I'm very curious. So yeah. I love knowing your story. I mean, this is so weird for me to be on this side of the, <laughs> the, the, the mic. Usually I'm the one asking the questions. Yep. But I love to know people's stories and I like to, you know, so why, why did you do that? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and then what, and tell me more. And so, yeah, the, the variety has been incredible and, and pretty weird. And I consider myself incredibly fortunate to have had that kind of career experience. It's, yeah. it's been great. How and do you keep it from like overlapping, like stories blurring together or <laughs> clients blurring well, together? You wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> yeah. <would you? laughs> it's true. <laughs> and they might know. I think I, I yeah, they're pretty clear. Yeah. They're pretty clear. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and that is something that I've also noticed about you is like, you're great at like herding cats on like <laughs> making sure that every, all these pieces come together at the right time and everything. Well, Very and organized. I, I think a newsroom trains you for that, but I also learned in the sport management world. I mean, I I was not the logistics and operations person. I was the promotions and, and publicity person, but I learned what how to run an event in yeah. a militaristic fashion from really wonderful people like a guy named Bill Hansen, who's one of the founders of San Antonio Sports, Jenny Carnes, who's, who's there now. I mean, they... These people can run an event down to the millisecond, and they plan an event down to the millisecond. And every, and that helps me doing what I do. And when I 
strategize a press conference, I might, you know, like be get on other people's nerves, but I, I really need to know this and yeah. I need to know this now so mm-hmm. that all these other pieces fall into place at the, at the right time mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's been deeply ingrained. Yeah. And when you say the newsroom kind of trains you for that, do you mean like, I think this is what you mean, but do you mean that like, um, you have to have your stuff together on your developing story because if you yeah. don't, it won't get, it won't make it. Right. It and you have to have, you have to have a real sense of timing. You have to have, uh, everything. Preparation is key. I mean, it is, yeah. you learn that in most every field eventually, but you know, if you can line everything up and get, get everybody organized, then when it comes time to roll the show, everything falls into place. Yeah. Isn't it amazing yeah. how oh that gosh. works? Yeah. yeah. It's an amazing feeling. Yeah. yeah. To yeah. everybody else, yeah. it's like, wow, y'all are naturals at this, <laughs> yeah. man. <laughs> right. Well, they don't see the work that goes in up front. And if you don't yeah. put in the work up front, it really does show in the final product. For sure. So, and I learned that, I mean, I didn't come out of the womb knowing that. I yeah. mean, I, I learned that at the feet of some really spectacular people along the way. So, yeah. Yeah. That's great that you had some strong mentors. Oh, and incredible. Yeah. I, I, and that's why interning and being a mentor now is very important to me because people were that to me and yeah. gave me breaks that I probably didn't deserve. You yeah. know, I, I mean, I had a lot of hustle, but, you know, I also got some really wonderful folks looking out for me and had opening doors constantly now and I tell my kids this too you know you can get you know you know people so take advantage of if you've got a string pull it yeah but that'll only open the door you've got to go through it and improve yourself on the other side of it so I love in working with interns I've always had interns uh you know Geekdom provides us lots of opportunities to, as we say, be helpful and yeah. and give back as as a mentor. And I learn every time. I learn as much, I think, as the intern or the, or the mentee yeah. does. There's an absolute upside for me in in that relationship as well. Yeah, we love having you in the community <laughs> because you know that is a big piece of geekdom is to be helpful and and. As you know, like if you're at Geekdom for longer than 30 minutes, somebody's going to come up to you at some yeah. point and just say, hey, what are you working on or how can I help? Yeah. Um, so for the, the founders that are listening and the, the startup folks that are within our community, mm-hmm. what can they go to you for? What, how can you be helpful to, to the community? Well, I think my, my job here is not only to promote Geekdom. I mean, you guys are a, are a client and I'm very grateful for that, but is to help make our members famous, hey. as we say. Yeah. I love that. And, and I'll be helpful and make our members famous are kind of my two favorite um, things that we say around here. That's on um, brand for you. <laughs> make, make people famous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. But I, I think I'm looking, I'm, and don't feel like you're bragging on yourself. I mean, brag on yourself. Mm-hmm. Actually, you'd be helping me do my job by coming to me and telling me about what's going on in your startup. You know, I'm always looking for great stories from founders uh, about what they're doing, what they're building, how they're doing it. Is there some kind of unique twist to it? If I'm pitching stories to local, regional, even national media, 
it's got to be different somehow, you know. Yeah. So tell me the unique thing about you. So you, I don't know, you grew up in, no, I don't know. I'm think I just ran into Washington in the hallway while ago in Ecuador, and now yeah. you're in 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 the U.S. developing this thing. Well, isn't that interesting? You know, yeah. so all sorts of things like that. So yeah, help me tell tell your story. And what I would like to do is just you know, meet with you for for a few minutes. You know, I'm I'm not going to create the big PR plan for you. Most startups certainly can't afford that at this yeah. stage of the game. But wearing my geekdom hat, I'm happy to meet with folks, guide them a little bit. And if you can tell me as a geekdom member what's unique, different, interesting about you, maybe we can develop that into a story that is newsworthy. Yeah. That, that that will help me pitch stories from this ecosystem out into the broader world. I think yeah. that's great because you bring up a good point. Like maybe a lot of people don't want to brag or feel mm -hmm. like they're saying, look at me or tooting their own horn, but that's good stuff. I can't, I can't just go knock on, well, I can, but <laughs> help me yeah, for <laughs> help sure. you help me help you, you know? So, yeah. you know, I don't want to have to go pull it out of folks. Just, mm -hmm. just stop me in the hall or I've got an office on the eighth floor, pop up and see me. I'm, we're going to set up some, um, uh, s standard office hours starting mm -hmm. in the new year. So, you know, We'll get the word out on all of that. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, until then, just come find me. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, sure. um, so Jaffet Media, what's what's it like having uh, being on the other side of the table where, like, now you're running all the things. Like, you manage everything that comes in and everything that goes out, and you mm -hmm. have clients and all that stuff. What was that transition like for you? Well, it wasn't brand new because I had had my own um, media production company before I went to San Antonio Sports. So, you know, and my dad was an entrepreneur. I, I've been around this, you yeah. know, it, starting your own business while always nerve wracking to a certain extent wasn't terrifying to me. Yeah. I was comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. um, but I, it, it's fun, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, juggling all the plates. Again, the adrenaline junkie, you know, I, yeah. I like. I like the diversity. I like the diversity of clients, everybody from, you know, people in the tech space to biotech to sports, you know, it's yeah. just kind of across the board. And I, I pick and choose who I want to work with. And, yeah. you know, I look for folks who have interesting stories to tell, who are doing interesting work and uh, who need help if yeah. you know you may not need me and i'll be the first one to tell you i'm not the right fit or here's what i think you really need or you may need a big agency because you need extra support i'm a, a solopreneur i do have great colleagues that i bring in on projects as is warranted a terrific talent that i work with so I just kind of, I have the flexibility of crafting that to suit whatever client need there is. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's perfect for me. At this stage of my career, I'm as happy as a clam. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And if you gain interest in something. Oh, I go you after can, it. You go yeah, after it. That, yeah, that's yeah. super cool. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, well. I've had a blast with you. Thank you so much for coming on to the, the Geekdom Underground podcast. Now 
You're a guppy and a. We need a name for the guests. Oh. Ooh. Okay, we'll, we'll come we'll up with that one. On yeah, that. yeah, yeah. We'll come up with that one. But but welcome to the aquarium. Oh my guppy. god. No. Oh, here we go. <laughs> ah, we're trying. You know, yeah. <laughs> maybe Not maybe we need to work on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Offline. <laughs> but um, well, I have one last question. Sure. I always end with this question. Uh-huh. Um, what advice do you? What advice would you give somebody who was in? Similar shoes like you back when um, you were leaving high school and you had this plan to like go to Trinity and then get on the get on this very specific news channel and <laughs> become an anchor and do all these things. Um, I, I understand the landscape is different now, but what advice would you give or what advice do you wish somebody would have given you as you entered into that field? Um, I often get asked, should I be a journalist? You know, they have an interest in journalism, but realize it's a very different world and it's a very tough world. And I, if you love to write and write well, and I don't care if you're in television, radio, digital, print, whatever, you have to be a good writer and you have to take that skill set very seriously. If if you just want to be, you know, a spokesperson, spokesmodel, then that's great, but that's not a journalist. Yeah. You know, so... Um, yes, I, I always encourage students, if, if you have a love for the truth and an interest in current events and you love the written word, then you're on the right path. That's great. Yeah. And I want to encourage you to do that. We will always need good journalists and it might as well be you. Yeah. So, but I think, um, from other advice, maybe, you know, steal yourself. It's going, it's a, it's a bumpy road you've chosen in the, it you'll get a lot of rejection you'll hit barriers that you might not be able to anticipate at this you won't be able to anticipate at this at that stage of your life but if but persevere you know just hustle outwork the person next to you, you yeah know? don't expect the world to come to you because it won't especially not in that field i mean like i i have a a daughter who's an engineering major and a son who was a finance major, they get recruited. No one came to recruit the journalism yeah. major. <laughs> and they still don't. Yeah. You know? So yeah. if you if you want to do that, um, you just understand you're going to have to hustle. Yeah, you got to get after it. But it's got to be a passion. And if you are passionate and, and you're – you know, your path may change. Mine certainly did. I couldn't yeah. have predicted the turn into sports at any point, At you know, when I was in college or high school going into college. But um, it's, it's the same skill set. And, and every step along the way, I found another level of passion, another level of interest, and a, another level of curiosity. And I keep those fires burning because yeah. if you've got that, then the work is worth it. Yeah, that's that's interesting to hear you say that too. That like, uh, it's a bumpy road you've chosen. You kind of got to fall in love with the bumps. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's a very good way to put yeah, it. Yeah, it's gonna be there. Yeah. Well, um, awesome, Mary. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure <laughs> hanging out with you, but especially in the studio, Mr. JRG. If you would please, sir, take us home. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Geekdom Underground podcast. All you guppies out there. Shout out, It's it's official. Well, how do people learn more about you? Can they follow you on any social medias? Tell them how how to get a hold of you. Sure. Just... 
Google Mary Ullman Jeff. It's pretty darn easy. But I'm on Twitter mostly, um, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Mary at Jaffet-media.com. I love it. I'm just going to throw a shout out to my brother. He's a guppy and he follows you. He was like, you know, Mary, that's awesome. She's great. <laughs> oh, so shout out AJ and we'll see y'all next week on another episode. Take it easy, y'all. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye.